Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Before you're a Christian, spiritually, you're not a te- you can't do anything. Spiritually, you can live, you can get degrees, you can make great scientific things, but spiritually there is nothing. Without him, zero, not a nothing. Once I become attached, and that's salvation, in him and he in me, the goal is to abide. You'll see that in a moment. The goal is to abide. Because from him comes everything that I need to make life successful spiritually. The Apostle Paul cared about the recipients of his letters very much. He made his affections clear in all of his writings. He spoke often about the time he spent praying for them. Pastor Mark, teaching from the epistle to the Philippians, will recount Paul's prayer to them and teach how we should be having the qualities Paul prayed for evident in our lives as well. The church at Philippi was facing challenges we may not have ever faced. We do, however, have our own challenges, and we need God's help to overcome those. Paul's prayers can be used as examples of how we should pray for our brothers and sisters, too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with his continuing study called Pray This Prayer. If you're going to study with us at any, you need a B-I-B-L-E, a Bible. You can turn to the book of Philippians, if you will. Philippians chapter 1. Just get your hands up. You need it as we go through the scriptures together. Philippians chapter 1 will begin in a moment in verse 9. Last year, Linda and I took a few days off and we went up to North Carolina and I I found this chapel, probably holds like seven people or something. What if I told you today that Linda and I have decided to retire and we're headed up to North Carolina. This is my retirement exit saying to you, we've retired. And during The summer started in July. This church is only open from the last part of June. Notice it goes all the way right now because we're going to fill in for the guy that was there till October 11th. Then there's no more church the rest of the year. So Linda and I are going to go. I'm going to preach Sunday from 9 to 10. That's all the services. And uh, I'm going to use old sermons so I don't have to have any study. And then the rest of the week I'm going to play golf. And then from October all the way to May, Linda and I are going to do absolutely nothing. We're retiring. We've done our duty. I've worked hard enough. I'm through with this stuff. How many believe we're going? How many are questioning it right now? Well, let me ask you another question. If we did that, 
do you believe I would be fulfilling God's potential for Linda and me? You're right. Absolutely not. We're not leaving. We're not leaving. Somebody in the first service, they said, what do you think about it? Well, we won't let you leave. I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But I have another question for you. What is God's potential for you? Now, you said that's not God's potential for me. You're right. And for Linda. What is God's potential for you? Paul writes about that in the book of Philippians. He's writing to a group of people like this, a church at Philippi. And he's writing a prayer for them. Because he knows when people pray, things happen. We pick it up right here in verse 9. And this is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. We gave you this amazing prayer that you want to pray for others and you want prayed for yourself. We gave you four keys. I won't go through them except just to mention in verse number 10, we talked about that. Well, we want to know what's best. Not just good things. There's lots of good things in life. We want to know what the best thing is. If I'm ever going to fulfill God's potential for me, I've got to do the best things only. I can't waste my time with good things. And then we learn in that verse 10, those words pure and blameless. Pure meant without wax. In other words, be real, not hidden. Hidden agendas, be somebody you're really not. And then, of course, that, that other word meant, well, blameless, don't stumble other people. Be, be a person of integrity. So we're to pray that we would know what is best. And we would pray that we would be real Christ followers. Now we pick it up this week in verse 11. There's more, the third part of the prayer that Paul gives us. Notice what he says. Praying for these people in prayer that I want to pray for you and you pray for me. May they be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. That word filled means to cram, to make full. What Paul is really praying is this. He loved to take time to pray for people. And here he prays that these people might live full lives. Crammed to the full. In other words, reaching God's potential for them. Now he takes that from John 10 where Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Not, not just life, but abundant life. Crammed to the full. Well, what is God's potential force? What does that look like? Well, we discover it right here in Ephesians 2.10. Paul says this, For we, talking about Christ's followers, are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That was our born-again experience. Why? So we can do the good Things he planned for us long ago. 
So the first thing we understand God's potential for me can't happen unless I'm, look at verse 11 up here in your Philippians, right where you are. I can't make God's potential unless I'm filled with the fruit of righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Righteousness is just simply, very simple term. Right with God. Well, how can a person be right with God? Well, you have to have your sins forgiven. When you and I came into a relationship and God saved us, he made us right with him by removing our sins that he paid for on the cross and put his Holy Spirit to live in us. From that right, healthy relationship comes the ability to do these good works. And I'm going to share with you this morning what that is. To to reach God's potential for us. So the fruit of righteousness, the fruit we'll come back to, Righteousness, I'm right with God, I'm a a follower of Christ. And because of that, God puts his Holy Spirit in me, and then he is going to assign things that he has for each of us for our whole life. That's the potential that I want to reach, and that's the potential you want to reach. Now, we begin to unpack that by turning to John chapter 15 in your Bibles. John chapter 15, you see where that is. You just have to go back a few, five or six books toward uh, the beginning of the New Testament. And we'll begin in verse 1. Let's see what these good things are that he planned for us. What, what do these fruits of being right with God look like in our lives? Now, how many of you here have ever been to a vineyard, either in California or one of the states or Europe or whatever? How many have ever been to a vineyard? Good. Most of you understand what that looks like. As you walk through a vineyard, you see all kinds of healthy relationships growing out with the plant. Well, that's what Jesus did. When you see a vineyard in the Bible, it's a very, very common analogy, practical application, Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. Here in John 15, Jesus is just really hours from going to the cross. He's he's speaking to his disciples and he's giving them an analogy of a vineyard where they had walked by who knows how many hundreds of times as they walked together those three and a half years. We begin in verse 1. Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will will be even more fruitful. And then Jesus says to them, you are already clean spiritually because of the word of God that I've spoken to you. And then we come across not only the word fruit that we'll focus on today, but this word remain or abide. It's all through John 15. Notice he says this, remain in me, not in religion, not Calvary Chapel, Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, abide in the vine. Now, neither can you, here's the direct analogy to them, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, You're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, notice the promise. 
he, she will bear much fruit. And then the great statement that we're well aware of, Jesus says to them, apart from me, zero, nada, nothing. You can't accomplish anything spiritually apart from me. Now, let's take a look, and I think it'll make a lot of sense to you what we're talking about here. Notice the vine. It's in the ground. If you go by a vineyard, you see that vine. That vine is attached to the ground, the water, the resources. All the things that make those grapes grow come from the vine. Jesus is that vine. Our life, our support, our wisdom, our energy comes from the vine. Now, as you go up and you move over, you can see branches hanging down. There's branches hanging down right there. And you see coming off that branch two lovely, very productive what? Grapes. They're there. It's fruit. The branch is you. The branch is me. From that relationship of being attached to the living vine comes fruit. In a moment, we'll talk about what that fruit is and what that looks like. This is the healthy picture. That fruit that you see coming off that branch is God's potential for you and for me. If the gardener God looks in our life and we're not very fruitful, let's just say there's one little grape. He's going to work on the branch a while. He's going to take some pruning, not to punish us, but to make us more fruitful. To make us productive and reach that potential. So he does that to all of us as Christ followers. But then remember, Jesus said one other thing. If you look at that. If you take that branch and you unconnect it from the vine, what happens? Eventually, zero. Nothing. Nothing can happen. Give you an illustration. This, my arm right here, if you look at my arm right here, this is the vine, Jesus. This is you and me. Before you're a Christian, spiritually, you're not a te- you can't do anything. Spiritually. You can live, you can get degrees, you can make great scientific things, but spiritually there is nothing. Without him, zero, not a nothing. Once I become attached, and that's salvation, in him and he and me, the goal is to abide. You'll see that in a moment. The goal is to abide. Because from him comes everything that I need to make life successful spiritually. Now, the other day I was in the driveway, and I noticed my wife had this big plant by the edge of the driveway, and somehow, us going around the corner, washing the car, whatever, one of the branches got bent and basically almost 90% cut off, and it was laying like this. Well, after a few days, what did it look like? Dry. It's about ready to go. So I just, I finished it. Some of you here today... You used to really be attached, but you're hanging by a thread. You're not dependent on God anymore. You just do your deal. You're very religious now, 
And if I look at you, there's no reaching any potential because your relationship here is very suspect. God can fix that today. That's his goal. And so, as we go through this story, we want to find out what does it mean to abide and remain? What's that look like? And then, what is this fruit that's supposed to happen in my life? Because that's God's potential for all of us. Let me show you, and you can write this down right now. Here's, there's lots of different fruit, but these are the five that I'm going to focus on today. These should be happening in my life. Godly character. We'll talk about that a lot today. Next, our witness, or sharing the gospel. And then just good works that we do. We use our time and talents and things and just minister to people. Lots of kind of things. Poor people and the needy and that kind of thing. And then our giving, giving of our time, our money, our finances, our ties to the Lord. And then praise. We'll talk about that. The fruit of our lips. That we praise God. And that's one of the reasons we ask you to come in this worship night. Because it's a great time as well as we do every weekend in our services. Now... Fruit is a byproduct of the Spirit's control in our life. Now remember, no person can bear fruit by human effort apart from God. So that union is what makes us productive. So what does it mean to abide? Here's some definition. You can write it down. It means to remain or continue or dwell, another great kind of analogy of it is at home. We're at home with God, and God's at home with us. But the bottom line to the word abide, remain, continue, dwell, simply means this. That it is evident there is a vibrant, ongoing relationship between the vine and the branch. Between God and you. There's a vibrant, ongoing relationship. We're dependent. We're in touch. It's alive. It's growing. We're attached. We're cultivating that relationship. That's exactly what Paul is praying for these people. He wants them, notice, to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Being right with God produces fruit. What does that look like? So, here's the prayer you want to write down. Pray... This would be your friend, husband, wife, neighbor, whatever. Your pastor, your pastors, your elders. Pray that Mark would grow in fruitfulness. These five areas of fruit. And as I do that, I reach the potential God has for me. That's why I'm here. To be fruitful. You say, well, Pastor Mark, are are you sure that's... Like what God wants from us, those at least five kinds of fruit? I'm absolutely sure. You're right in John 15. Go right on down to verse 16. Take a look. Notice what Jesus said. He says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to do what? To go and bear fruit. See, when God saved you, he made the first move. You have to make the second move. God always makes the first move. He said, I chose you, and I appointed you. 
And I didn't choose you just to go to heaven right now. I want to be in heaven with you forever. That was my goal. But while you're on earth, I appointed you to go and bear fruit. That goes all the way back to Ephesians 2.10. If you want to write in verse right there, just write right outside in the margins. Ephesians 2.10. That's where it goes back to. Verse 16, John 15.16 goes right back to Ephesians 2.10. So notice... In the original language, being fruitful is not an option. This is a commandment. And by the way, it's not just for pastors. It's for every single one of you. God has a potential for you every single day of your life. And in total, he has a potential. Now, let's take the first fruit that we talked about today. Godly character. How do I know I'm bearing that fruit? How do I know that's happening? Well, turn to Galatians chapter 5, if you will. About five books toward the back. Galatians chapter 5. Let me give you a little summary quickly. As you turn there, Paul is talking about a battle that all Christ followers have. When you got saved, God came and saved your spirit. But you were left with that old sinful nature, the sinful nature called the sin nature, the, the old man, the natural man, lots of different things. That, that natural guy in me wants to live independent from God. If I need God, I'll call him. Other than that, I just want to do my thing. Well, that sinful nature fights the nature of the new spirit in me. That battle never ends. Now, I can win that battle by living by the spirit. God gives me that power. But of course, I have to yield to that. That's the spirit-filled life. So in you today, if you're a Christ follower, there's a battle. Do this, please myself, or please God. And Paul begins to talk about this. And he says this, go down to verse 16. So I say, live by the spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. In other words, if I do live by the spirit, I, I won't give in to that old sinful nature. And then in verse 17, he says, the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. There's the battle. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. And because of that, you do not do what you want to do. When we sin, we know it was wrong. But we did it because we gave in to that old sinful nature. But Paul says, wait a minute, don't do that. But if you are led by the spirit, verse 18, you don't have to give in to that. When you say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that old nature look like? Well, it's simply sin. It's simply living apart from God. It's doing my thing instead of God's thing. Well, how do you define it? Paul defines it. Look at verse 19. Now, the acts of the sinful nature, by the way, all of this is inside of us. Well, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Paul's care for the Philippians is obvious. He was so concerned that when he heard about their coming under the influence of false teachers, that he wrote this letter. Pastor Mark taught that we need to be aware of who we are in Christ and that God's intent for us is that we thrive in our relationship with Him. The flip side is that we have to work to keep that connection strong. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Pray This Prayer For Me. We will learn about the five kinds of fruit that God wants to see developed in our lives and learning the concept of abiding in Christ. We'll hear more about the Apostle Paul's prayer for the Philippians and how we can use it to enrich our walk with Christ today. We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.